Los Angeles Rams, Minnesota Vikings, week 16. We'll break it down on this crossover episode of Locked On Rams to preview who to look out for, where these teams may be strong, where they may be weak, how we got here, and the Rams activating a few more players ahead of this game, getting healthy for a pivotal matchup going down in week 16. We're going to discuss it all on this episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Tremendas. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams Podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams Every day, it means a lot to us. So thank you guys for always supporting and showing up. And as I mentioned in the intro, this episode is a interesting one. It's a grand one, right? we got a crossover episode that we're going to pick up with in the second and third segments. My man, Luke Braun, host of the Locked On Vikings podcast, joins me. And we're going to break down everything there is to know about these teams as well as a score prediction and everything in between. What the Vikings have been like all season. Where are they strong? Where are they weak? and uh, highlighting some of those pieces that are, of course, worth being looked out for. So we're going to dive into that in just a second. Before we get there, though, wanted to quickly discuss some good news for the Rams. Sounds like they're going to be healthier going into this game than they have been in a while. As we know, a lot of good players returned for this last game between the Rams and the Seahawks. They got a lot of players back, Odell Beckham Jr., and, I mean, a thousand other players that felt like Jalen Ramsey and everyone else in between, Von Miller and so on and so forth. This game, though, even more guys returning, according to head coach Sean McVay. Sounds like Obo Okoronkwo and Terrell Burgess have a chance to return uh, this week from those COVID-19 lists there, as well as starting right tackle Rob Havenstein. And uh, that's pretty big news, right? You know, we talk about Odell and some of these other guys, very good players and starters. There's a reason they're starters for this football team. The other guys, Terrell Burgess, Obo, very valuable depth. Now you talk about Rob Havenstein, and you look at that game with the Seattle Seahawks. It felt like the Rams really struggled in that one. It's good to get this guy back because Bobby Evans didn't play the best game. He wasn't absolutely awful either, but gives up two sacks in that game against the Seahawks. Three pressures, both led the team. You start to value Rob Havenstein maybe a little bit more. You look at, you know, this guy, they don't really call his name often. Nobody really knows all that much about him, but he's done a really good job on not the blind side, I guess, but at the same time, the bookend to Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. And there's a reason that the Rams have been so successful in terms of their offense, passing the ball, running the ball, and it all starts up front. And Rob Hamstein, I think we're starting to really appreciate him a little bit more because when you see you know, him not out there and you start to actually notice the difference, then you really realize, all right, this guy does play at a very high level. And for those that watch the tape, I'm sure already knew, but Sometimes it's hard to quantify because there's so many offensive linemen. It feels like if one guy gets beat, everyone played bad when that's obviously not the case. But good news. Sounds like Havenstein will be back for this game, and that's obviously only a help to the Rams. They have another big game here against the Minnesota Vikings coming up. That is not going to be easy. The Vikings are right now in the seventh seed. I think they're sitting at 7-7, seven and seven, the record. You could probably imagine that they want to win out. They want to win out, but they definitely got to win this game or they got to win the next game against the Green Bay Packers because – once they lose, there's a good chance they're going to fall out of that playoff spot. And 
Obviously, the goal is to make the playoffs at the end of the day. So the Rams better believe they will get the best shot that they'll get from the Vikings in this one, like they got against Seattle, like they got against Arizona as well. It feels like every single game, you're going to get the best of the best from what that team can give you. Uh, can you outduel them? We'll find out. But wanted to quickly turn our attention here to the game from last night or from two nights ago, depending on when you're listening to this. Rams, Seahawks. I wanted to just quickly look at some of these PFF numbers. I pulled them up. Man, Sony Michelle, 10 missed tackles forced on his rushing attempts. He had 18 rushing attempts in week 15. That is absurd. 10 missed tackles forced on 18 carries. I don't know. There's no discussion here for me anymore. I look at this very easily. This guy is the best running back on the team. I don't know how you could possibly look at his performance, look at Daryl Henderson's performance, and come away thinking that, Daryl Henderson is the better guy. I just don't think that's the case right now. Sony Michelle playing outstanding football. And he was a big reason why the Rams offense could be sparked yesterday into some of those scoring drives. Like a lot of those plays really came from the back of him where he was able to break a tackle and take it for 39 yards or break a tackle and go this way. Even the reception that gets called back because Bobby Evans is not lined up on the line of scrimmage. Great catch, breaks a tackle, gains 15 yards. That probably could have been at least a field goal but, of course, we mentioned it did get taken back because of uh, the penalty. But it really just goes to show this guy's playing great football. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, and this stuff is always a little bit harder to tell, especially in real-life speed and on broadcast angles. But Jalen Ramsey targeted eight times. As I mentioned, I said it was like six, seven, or eight. I didn't exactly count. Only gives up three receptions for 25 yards, one first down. Obviously, a great performance by him. Ernest Jones, two receptions, 18 yards, two first downs. Darius Williams, as I mentioned, great game. Three receptions given up on four targets, 18 yards. Troy Reader, one for nine. Dante Dion, one reception given up for nine yards. Outstanding performance by him. I mean, these guys balled out. And we probably knew that that was the case, right? Russell Wilson had 150 yards passing, and maybe 30 of those or 40 of those came on the final drive where the Rams are basically in you know prevent mode kind of defense or whatever. He did nothing. I mean, he did nothing. That Seahawks passing offense was just awful. They were abysmal, really. And outside of, you know, one big play to Gerald Everett, that was maybe 35, 40 yards right before the half. It was very clear that these guys were in lockdown mode and it wasn't the toughest battle that they're going to have all season. Yeah. DK Metcalf, great player, but no Tyler Lockett out there. And even if Tyler Lockett was out there, not exactly the best high powered offense, right? I think the matchup this week against Kirk Cousins, the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, maybe Adam Thielen, it's going to be a lot harder than this one was. But at the end of the day, Great game for these guys. I wanted to shout them out real quick. I thought they did a fantastic job at covering, and they really didn't give up much. I mean, there was you know a few close calls where Jalen Ramsey has to kind of backtrack and barely gets his hand on a football, or Dante Dion gives up a catch, but then does a great job of putting his arm between the receiver's arms and punching out that football last second, and they made the plays. That's all they had to do. They made the plays, and ultimately, that's why the Rams win this game. So, Big shout out to those guys in the secondary. Fantastic performance, as we could have imagined after watching the game yesterday live and looking at the box score statistics, but always good to back it up. Always, always good. And it feels really awesome for the Rams to have all three of those starting cornerbacks next week, potentially get back Jordan Fuller, starting safety, defensive play caller. And if they can get him back, you start to really feel good about where they're at as a defense because now they're almost at full strength. No, they're not 1,000% or whatever, but they'll be a lot closer to that than they are right now. So it's going to do it for this breakdown of that game. In just a second here, we're going to dive into this crossover portion of this podcast. My man, Luke Braun, joined me. Breakdown everything. Los Angeles Rams, Minnesota Vikings, week 16. Before we get there, you guys can always follow us on Twitter. 
at QB's MVP, at Locked on Rams, and on YouTube at Locked on Rams. And as we know, no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero, the first of its kind in the daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups with the winner taking all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero will actually show you their lineup before you play, and you can handpick the team that you want to go up against that you face one-on-one. That's insane. You're never going to get that somewhere else. This never-before-seen type of innovation of a fantasy sports and betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better than everywhere else. Why? Because you do not have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your own fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You can decide how much you want to play for in terms of money. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on with the promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on with the promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. And now we can transition into this crossover portion of this episode. Locked on Rams, locked on Vikings listeners. Welcome back. This is the second segment here. And we're finally going to pick up with this crossover portion of these podcasts. As you guys can imagine, two very interesting football teams about to go at it here. The Los Angeles Rams sitting at 10 and 4. I know Luke's smiling. He's loving it. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings 7 and 7. Ironically enough, these are two playoff teams right now. The Rams sitting at the fifth seed and the Vikes at the seventh seed. Um, So, of course, a lot on the line for both of these teams. It feels sort of like we're entering that playoff territory. Mm-hmm. It's still December, but every game really counts now. There's no more, you know, we're going to walk into the Houston Texans or the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Every game counts. All these conference games, all this kind of stuff, the tiebreakers, it all matters now. So, Luke, I'm going to kick it over to you here. Um, of course, just before we dive in, I'm Sosa Kremenges, your host of the Locked on Rams pod, joined by Luke Braun, my man, host of Locked on Vikings the Vikings are one of the weirdest teams, I think, yep. just imaginable. It feels <laughs> like one make week, no sense. none at all. They One week, it feels like they might be the best team in football. The next week, I don't even know if they could beat the worst team in football. It feels like everything's on the spectrum. to the worst team in football. So. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is on the spectrum, it feels like, for the Vikings, right? you. I don't know how you go into a game and really be able to expect anything because it feels like anything can happen. But you look at the season, and in general – and I, I, it doesn't have to be, you know, super specific, but how did the Vikings get to the spot? Sitting at seven and seven, been through a lot, and they're still in a playoff spot right now. Uh, yeah, so they, they've really scratched and clawed their way. They started the season really bad. Um, they started season one and three, and they've kind of scratched and clawed their way back to 500, and then they lose a couple, and then they have to scratch their way back to 500. Um, and so there, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about how much fight they have. And that's a big Mike Zimmer chorus is we just want fighters. You know, we want guys that don't give up. We want guys that are always in, you know, always in it to, to compete and all that. Um, but really they're an inconsistent team. If you want to make sense of them, inconsistency is the word that where they can play really, really well. And then, but they don't do it for 60 minutes. They'll have 50 minutes of really good play and then they'll fall apart. The biggest, I think pattern of the Vikings is the two minute in, in the last two minutes of halves, they fall apart. They become the worst team I've ever seen. Um, I mean, they, they if, if that two-minute team were extrapolated over a season, I think they would find a way to lose 18 games. It's unreal <laughs> how bad they are. Um, and, like, for example, every point given up against the Bears on Monday night 
inside the final two minutes. They are shattering the NFL record for final two minutes of the first half points allowed, like shattering it. They are averaging six points a game and nobody's crossed four and a half. Um, and that it's, it's a discipline thing. It's a consistency thing. We can get more into the details, but they, they are inconsistent and they fall apart when the hurry up comes in. Yeah. So I'll start with the offense here before we transition to the defense. I feel like that might even be, you know, the more interesting discussion, at least from my end here where, you know, Rams listeners might be uh, looking at their point of view. The offense, Kirk Cousins, we all love to rib at the guy, maybe you more than everyone else. I mean, <laughs> he's a weird, like a pinata that we all kind of take a swing he's at like every now and again. Dork, yeah. But he's also, yeah. like, he's inconsistent too. Like that's yeah. the, uh, the, the, the story of Kirk Cousins is that yeah. he'll have games where he's, you know, 353 touchdowns and he's throwing dimes all over the place. And then he'll have games. And I think Monday night was kind of one of these where suddenly he just turtles and it's all checkdowns and it's all safe. And it's all, and, and then it's nothing. Um, you know, it's all, a lot of safe two yard passes in punting. Um, and you were very safe. <laughs> so that, that he'll, he'll get in those modes. He's kind of streaky, I guess. So he's been in a mode lately where he's a little conservative. He was in a very, very aggressive mode a few games ago. And that's when they beat the chargers and the Packers. And when Kirk is aggressive, I think that's the best version of Kirk, but we don't always get that version of Kirk. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that is probably the course of him. If you're thinking like a defensive coordinator, like, preparing for Kirk Cousins. He's a paint-by-numbers quarterback. He will do, I call him Ron Burgundy. He reads what's on the teleprompter no matter what it is. So if you can present something, and of course this is the the cat and mouse of every coach. If you can present something that they haven't worked into their flow chart, you know, if you can present a blitz that they haven't prepared for or yeah. a coverage look that they didn't think they were going to see today. If you mm -hmm. can, if you have any of those you can deploy, you can kind of entice those mistakes from Kirk Cousins. And for Kirk Cousins, when he's in safe mode, a mistake is a check down when there was a guy wide open, but that's a missed opportunity that's going to matter in the game yeah. because every game's a one score game with this team. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. It's definitely, you know, I think back to that Packers game, like you mentioned that, that one a few weeks ago, man, when they're at their peak, this can be a dangerous football team and it feels like everything can click. Right. And I think we're sort of beat anybody. That... They can lose to anybody. Right. Right. <laughs> that spectrum that we talked about. So I want to talk one more thing here before we flip to the defense, Justin Jefferson, this guy's special. I'm kind of curious, and this is relatively early in the week. Is Adam Thielen expected to come join him again, his running partner? And two, uh, Jefferson, you look at this guy, the Rams now have Odell Beckham Jr. Kind of reminds me, you know, the start to his career of Odell's start where you're like, this guy's different. Like he moves well, he's different. He's special. Yeah, exactly. He the, the numbers are insane, right? He's chasing the two-year receiving record. So two yeah. first, anybody's first two years, he's chasing that record. And he's like 30-some yards away right now, I think, or maybe even less. He's going to break it in front of Odell, which is really fun. Very um, crazy. So that'll be fun. But yeah, but with Thielen, um, Thielen is, he's got a high ankle sprain, which is lingering. Zimmer said he was close to playing last week, which he said to imply that he feels pretty good about his chances this week. Um, yeah. They're doing a walkthrough on Wednesday, so we don't get a lot of information. So we'll kind of have to see how, how Thursday and Friday go. Um, which I'm sure the listener will know more about it by the time this is actually up. So yeah, yeah listeners will probably know more than we do at this juncture, but we just have to watch <laughs> the situation. Um, but Zimmer seems we'll go with cautiously optimistic. That's fair. And now, like I mentioned, the defense, I got to talk about it. Bashad Breeland randomly cut, come out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. maybe not randomly, I guess, he from the outside looking in practice in. over yeah. getting, uh, <laughs> rotated out. I think he was about to get benched and he was not happy about that. And yeah. he kind of stopped listening to coaches, got a little insubordinate. And you got yeah. It. 
that's the way it goes sometimes, right? Yep. You get a little frustrated. So that looking at that side of the ball, Breland's gone now. You know, I, I know a younger guy like Cam Dancer kind of getting more playing time now. Uh, what's this secondary look like? Of course, there is a little bit of a connection here. Matthew Stafford used to play in the NFC North for, you know, a yeah. fairly long time. He's got a lot of uh, experience going against Mike Zimmer uh, run defenses, this team, obviously, the stadium, all these kind of things. So, yeah. Now, granted, it was always with, you know, bad Lions teams, but Mike Zimmer has owned Matt Stafford. He is, <laughs> Matt Stafford's had some of the worst days of his life against the Vikings. Um, you know, 10 sack days, getting beat up all the time. So Zimmer wants to hit him. So there'll be a lot of pressures, a lot of disguised pressures, a lot of blitzes and stuff like that. Um, so we're we're going to try to beat up Matt Stafford. And that's the physical kind of thing that we would always do with him against Lions. I have to imagine they're going to come with the same game plan. Um, but I think and if, if you asked Stafford about this and you ask him about Harrison Smith um, and you'll hear all kinds of horror stories about disguises <laughs> and stuff like that, that is the reputation of, of Harrison Smith is. He was kind of the hitman and hard hitting and stuff like that. But with all the flags, he's backed off that a little. Um, mm -hmm. Now he's a disguised guy. He's more of an assassin than a hitman, I guess, where he's in secret. And, you know, he's rolling coverages and he, he will line up one, one way. There were times against, I think it was against um, Pittsburgh, where he would line up uh, simming a pressure. He would back off to a deep quarter zone and then come back up into uh, making a play in the flat. And it's like, you have no idea what this guy's actual responsibility is when you watch him. And it makes it so difficult on a quarterback, but it's all orchestrated and it's all, he's only going away. He can go and all that. And it's just so much harder to read the Vikings pre-snap when he's in there. That is, I think, part of what Stafford has struggled with because he's, Harrison Smith has been in the game every time we've played Stafford over all these years. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating cat and mouse kind of battle here. You know, Matthew Stafford, very different compared to Jared Goff. He's going to go to the line. He's going to make audibles. He's going to make changes. Uh, we make that joke. Stafford uh, doesn't need his handheld like Jared Goff did, right? Where everything was kind of on McVay. We're going to get all this stuff in before, you know, the mic gets cut at 15 seconds before the quarterback can't hear you. So it's going to be fun to see that IQ battle go, go down between these two teams. I think it's it's ultimately going to lead down to, you know, what the final score is. So in just a second here, we're going to flip the tables. Luke is going to put me under that fine tuned microscope and uh, <laughs> ask a little bit about the Rams. We're going to dive into this team and see, uh, you know, what they're up to and how they got here as well. Before we get there though, wanted to tell you guys that Super Bowl 56 at SoFi stadium is less than a hundred days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You can select exactly where you want to sit and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information, or you can search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. That's in Luke's neck of the woods, right? Rams listeners as well. California, Let's I know go. you guys won't regret it. Best place, man. I've been there once. Absolutely gorgeous. And if you guys want to bet on this game, you know I like to take a little uh, stab here and there at a parlay. You guys can go check out betonline.ag. You know, they maybe help your pockets a little bit this Christmas uh, season here. Spend up a little bit, all right? Make some money. Go spend up on some gifts for your family. BetOnline has you covered all of this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all these sports action this season, so go head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit 
All you have to do is use the promo code locked on to receive this bonus from football to basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Make sure to take advantage of all the amazing offers available right now for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait and take advantage now of the amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. And thank you guys so much for always making Locked On Rams, Locked On Vikings your first daily listen. For your second, go check out Locked On Bets. They're going to help you out with your betting game. I promise you, those guys are smarter than I am. So you should go listen to them. Locked On Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right, so, so I got to ask you some stuff about the Rams because I, I, I have not followed the Rams really closely enough this year. Um, so I'm a little bit out of the loop on how they're doing. But here's the big storyline here. Last time Zimmer went up against McVay, Zimmer had to literally dismantle his entire scheme because that was a Thursday night game a few years ago where Jared Goff had the game of his life. And Zimmer literally came out of that game a quarters team. He was a cover three team in that game, and he came out of that team a quarters team. Um, and stole a bunch of stuff from Pat Narduzzi, who's at Michigan State at the time. Um, so what is that? I mean, obviously that McVay offense isn't the same offense that was the 2018 year, right? This is a totally different thing. Um, so what is the texture of that offense? Is it still a lot of wide zone and bootlegs or is it a more air raid Arians type thing? Like, what are we looking at? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on them both right there. And that's what's confusing is still don't really know what the identity is here, right? You, you look at Sean McVay, you think about he comes from this Shanahan tree. What he wants to do is get under center and run outside zone and a lot of boot action, play action off of that. And that's really where the roots come from. But at the same time, it's not really been a lot of that this season. I feel like they're transitioning a little bit more towards that these last few weeks, ever since they came out of the bye. Um, and then they go, you know, play the Packers, the Jags, those kind of teams. That's when we started to see that a little bit more. But for the most part, they've really tried to adapt to a different kind of system. Like you mentioned, the Bruce Arians way, you know, they're going to keep Matthew Stafford in shotgun. They're going to run a lot more duo type of stuff, not so much outside zone. Mm. Um, and they've transitioned. And that's kind of the, the weird situation here is one game, they might be more heavy with duo. And, you know, we're going to run gap scheme type stuff. And we're going to throw the ball downfield and be empty all game. And then there's another game we're going to get under center run. 12 personnel, 13 personnel, jumbo packages, six offensive linemen, uh, and we're going to ground and pound it, or we're going to run outside zone, and then we're going to have boot action off of that. So it's a little bit of a mix and match between both, and it's kind of hard to know what's going to come, but I still feel like they're trying to find their way uh, at best where they can mesh it all together. And it feels like the last few weeks, they've done a decent job of doing that, but you still see it come up every now and again where sort of get confused and they don't really know what they want to do like they did against the Seahawks the other day. So I think I, I do want to ask you about Matt Stafford, but I'm, I'm more curious about defensively right now. You lose Brandon Staley. What are they doing now, especially with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey? Because it seems like, I mean, not that those are the only two players on the Rams. There are plenty of good players, but those are the two players on the defense. And those, so it, it has to be centered around those guys. So I'm curious when you inherit those two guys, how do you center a defense around them? Yeah, it's sort of been like the offense. It's definitely been a transition. You know, they were last year under that Brandon Staley scheme where it's going to be kind of, you know, quarters based and we're going to roll off of that. And you talk about, you know, Harry the Hitman kind of being this disguised player. Rams did a lot of that too. Pre-snap, give one look. Post-snap, rotate into a different kind of look. Uh, this season, not as much. You know, they've been playing a lot more cover three, cover one type of stuff. Still, you know, mixing and matching in cover four as well, which every team does everything. Let's call right, it what right, it is, right. but... Um, it's not been that primarily based, you know, quarters type of stuff, a lot more cover three, a lot more 
uh, feels like has been put on the shoulders of their boundary corners, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams. And I think that makes sense because there are definitely areas on this defense that are susceptible. And we've all seen it all season. It comes up every now and again. Taylor Rapp in coverage, not ideal. Uh, Troy Reader, linebacker in coverage. I, he's got awful in coverage. So what they've been able to do is really just offer help to those guys. You're going to see a lot of weird, you know, cover one robber type stuff or cover three stuff where they're going to pass off, you know, somebody on a crosser just because, you know, they know that Taylor Rapp might need help or they know that Troy Reader might need help. And so I think they've done a good job, Raheem Morris's first season with the Rams, just finding out where his strengths are and then finding ways to help, you know, the weaker players. In terms of Aaron Donald, I mean, he's Aaron Donald, you know, he's going to do what he does. And I think at some points they, almost take him out of place just by stunting. And I get it. They want to get someone else involved, right? You, you take Aaron right. Donald to a different side, but, but he, he might be covering. The team they're going to put on him. Yeah, absolutely. And he might cover three or four gaps, which is unfortunate because by the time he gets to make contact with an offensive lineman, two seconds have passed. You're not going to get to the quarterback, but it's sort of by design. Let's free up somebody else. But you know, at the end of the day, I feel like they've been solid. Uh, you know, they add Von Miller. You're kind of ex expecting these guys to win by four consistently. Uh, Leonard Floyd having a career season, obviously played in the NFC North as well. Um, so they've been solid, you know, I think they're still trying to figure out their way, but they look a lot more comfortable, especially, you know, over the last five weeks or so Raheem Morris definitely looks like he's really implemented his system. He's starting to get his calls down, um, and been a lot better than earlier this season. Yeah. And I mean, the Rams are still chasing the Cardinals in that division. You're only a game out, right? I mean, they're, they're both knotted up at 10, four right now, but the oh, Cardinals yeah. have, uh, you know, tiebreakers above them. Yeah. So the Rams technically, I think have to finish one game up or, or there might be a, you know, a chintzy yeah. way of getting in there, but, but a game up, right. let's get a game up. So I guess my question becomes about, I guess the same thing as the Vikings. My question becomes about consistency because I mean, look, the Vikings are inconsistent, but we've seen the Rams come out and absolutely fall flat at times yeah. and, and lose to teams. They have no business losing to. And then we've come out and see them go toe to toe with the, the greatest how is is that a Stafford thing is that a coaching thing why do you think at least the Rams can't be the same team every week yeah that's that's a good question I think really what it boils down to is especially now I feel like they've overcome it we'll, we'll see you know these last three weeks you might lose a game that's kind of the way the NFL goes but no better there was that, that stretch kind of false sense of security <laughs> I know, I've heard that one before yeah, yeah things happen all right things happen so they had that weird stretch in November where they also had a bye week they went winless for an entire month it felt like the season was over everything was a waste uh this team's done for you know they suck let's get into the offseason and a lot of fans relayed that message but I just think they got really, really stale offensively. You know, they went way too happy with the gun to the point where they were never going under center, never running play action, hardly running the football. And even, you know, Sean McVay kind of mentioned, he said, yeah, I got a little trigger happy. You know, I got way too excited with this new weapon, as we call it, Matthew Stafford. So I think that was really just part of the issue. And then they go into the bye week, take a second to, you know, go back to focus on yourself, self-scout, as we call it in this community, uh, and just do a better job at, forcing defensive coordinators to prepare for more than just the three or four or five looks you're going to give them. And then they come out of that and they start to implement 12, 13 personnel mm -hmm. jumbo packages. Like I mentioned, getting under center, more play action. And it's worked. You know, they're still not perfect. They're still not, you know, the best offense, I don't think, but they're working their way into finding a lot more, you know, different personnel packages, different kind of plays, different kind of looks, and just helping yourself. Matthew Stafford, you don't want this guy in shotgun 55 snaps a game where he always has to diagnose everything, always needs to make the right play, get him under center, run some play action, and let linebackers and, you know, the way that human beings work and move, let that dictate where you're going to go with the ball once or twice, right? That's going to open up some zones, open up some gaps for you too. So uh, I think they've done a much, much better job at just finding different ways to scheme and to make guys prepare really over the last few weeks. And we'll see, you know, how it works the next few weeks to, uh, to end out the season. But uh, so far, it's been really good.
What do we? I don't have the bet online line in front of me. What are? What's the betting line here? Vikings are at home, so probably. Yeah, I can pull that up. Just for home field nowadays. (laughs) I can pull it up. Just give me a second here. Uh, I'm going to presume that you know the Vikes are probably not favored in this game, but it might be you know minus two and a half for the Rams or something like that. But um, it is the line as of today, as of recording, is currently minus three for the Rams. Minus three for the Rams. Okay. Um, yeah, so my thing has been taking the points in every Vikings game. Um, no matter just whoever it is, the underdog will cover. Yeah. So I guess I'll do that. Um, it's just always closer than you think. Look, every Vikings game, this is, I've said this on the last like four crossovers and it's always been right. <laughs> every Vikings game follows the exact same pattern. The Vikings will scream out to an early lead. Does not matter who you are. You could be the 07 Patriots. They will get an early lead on you, but they will blow that lead <laughs> by halftime. Probably off of some sort of two minute debacle. Um, the third quarter will continue the debacle and you'll claw right back into if you didn't fully get uh, get the lead back by halftime, you'll get it at the beginning of the third quarter. <laughs> and the fourth quarter goes back and forth and it'll come down to the last play. Um, I, this last Bears game was the first time that didn't happen, I think, since week three. Like, it's unreal how consistently inconsistent the Vikings are. So that's what's going to happen. And so then <laughs> the Vikings plus three. Yeah, I don't think we got to watch this game. You, you no, seem to have you a don't. good uh, fingerprint I on this one. That you do not. You should instead. <laughs> for <laughs> our health. Show, we'll tell you for our health. Let's not, let's let's skip this one. Let's simulate like they do in Madden. Just listen uh, to what Don shows and we'll tell you what happened. Yeah. I told you what happened. It's fine. This is what we're here for. Forget the recap, right? Just watch the preview. Yeah. You got it. It's done. Uh, yeah, so the Rams minus three. I'm going to pick the Rams. I, I feel like this one's a coin toss, a toss up. Um just feel like they're a little bit more consistent right now, a little bit more trustworthy. If you simulated this game 10 times, Vikings might win, you know, three times or four times, sure. but I'm going to just go with the team that I think maybe wins a little bit more often uh, in terms of the cover. It's pretty close. You know, the Rams might win by one or two, and I think it'll probably come down to that fourth quarter who makes fewer mistakes, but I'll go with the Rams. I think it'll be a nail biter. I think it'll be close anyways. I just feel like they're riding a little three game streak right now where they're winning. They feel kind of, you know, chest pumped out. A lot of players coming back from the COVID list. Everyone's sort of back almost at full strength. So mm. I'll go with the Rams, but I do think it's going to be a good game. And ultimately you never know. I mean, the Vikings, uh, they definitely got a shot here, probably a little bit more desperate for a win, right? They're in a little sticky situation. We're a bit of a cornered animal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you lose a game. All of a sudden you're not in the playoffs anymore. Or, you know, whatever the case is. So the Rams in a tight situation as well. They got to start winning games. They got to try to take over that NFC West, but it's going to be a fun one. Thank you guys so much for always listening and for making Locked On Rams, Locked On Vikings your first daily listen every day. My man, Luke, thank you for hopping on. It's going to be a good game. Hopefully everyone can stay healthy and safe. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy this game and we'll see you in the next one.